get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Elliot Sherparks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd, and this is the best football show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button. It helps the show. It helps me out. And if you leave a five-star review with your best NFL take, I'll make sure to read it on the pod in one of the future episodes. So obviously yesterday was the NFL trade deadline, and it was an especially active one. We saw some big names get moved. We saw, I mean, really probably five or six trades, and you counted what's already happened this week. Definitely an active trade market in the NFL, and I think one of the reasons for that is there's a lot of teams with chances this year. I mean, clearly in the AFC, there's the Bills and the Chiefs. You look in the NFC, there's the Eagles, the Vikings, um, and then you know the Cowboys and Giants have a good record. But there's a lot of teams in that middle part, you know, where even if you're three and five, you still have a chance to make a run at the playoffs. And because of that, I think you saw teams more willing to add pieces at the deadline and more willing to go for it this year, knowing you know teams like Chicago that normally don't uh, really even have a chance at the playoffs this late in the season, those teams are willing to go for it. So let's talk about some of the biggest trades, two that I really liked and one that I didn't like. My favorite trade of the day is Chase Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. I'm a little surprised by the reaction to this. I see a lot of people saying, oh, the Bears way overpaid for Chase Claypool. I completely disagree. I, look, a second-round pick is a very good asset. Don't get me wrong. Like This is not a, you know, a bargain for the Bears by any stretch. They paid a premium price for the receiver. But Chase Claypool is really good. I mean, you look at what he did in 2020. He had 873 yards, nine touchdowns, and his numbers have gone down since then. But so is the quarterback play around him. He dealt with one year of basically like a decrepit Ben Roethlisberger. He had Mitch Trubisky earlier in the year. Now he has Kenny Pickett. He does not have good quarterback play to to play with. And when that happens, clearly your numbers are going to go down. But the last time he had even adequate quarterback play, was you know 2020 and that was 873 yards and nine touchdowns like I said he's big he's strong I mean I've I've seen him two or three times in person very physical after the catch has down the field ability to make the play you know to get behind uh you know to beat his man down the field get um behind the safety and make a big play there so I think he has a ton of potential uh as a receiver I don't think this is um, you know a, a bad move for the Bears I think that if you're Chicago it's very obvious what you need to do you need to go get talent for Justin Fields. We talked on yesterday's pod about how receiver talent is a premium in today's NFL. You see what these receivers are getting paid, the contracts they're getting. I mean, it's not quite quarterback money, but it's close to it. And that's because if you have, even if you already have a good quarterback, but especially if you're trying to develop a quarterback, you have to go get him talent. You look at what the Eagles did. Uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, Tua. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Uh, you know, a few years ago, the Bills went out and got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. And I think a comparable um, deal to this is when the Cowboys traded a first-round pick for um, Amari Cooper to go get with Dak Prescott. Now, they didn't – I think they won one playoff game with Amari. So it's not like, you know, that, that was the, the trade that catapulted them to the Super Bowl. But ultimately – 
Dak had played better because he had Amari Cooper to throw it to. And at the end of the day, in today's NFL, it's a passing league. The Bears are going to be good once Justin Field is able to move the ball up and down the field through the air. And right now, he just does not have the players to do that with. And the other benefit of Chase Claypool, now I don't think he's a number one receiver. Like all the guys I just mentioned, uh, AJ, Devontae, uh, Hill, Waddle, all those guys. He is, he is the worst of those, but he has potential. He's young, and you get him with Justin Fields. And for a second-round pick, you know, it, it, it's like I said, it's a good asset, but it's not like they gave up a first. It's not like they gave up two twos. I mean, it, it's, it's a draft pick. But Claypool, I think, really helps this receiving core, pushes everybody down a little bit. Darnell Mooney, probably not who you want as your number one, but if you put him as your two or your three, and if they go out and they add another receiver this year, they're starting to put together some talent around Justin Fields because ultimately that's what matters. They have to find out if Justin Fields is the guy. And if you're the Bears, even while you can – now they traded away a premium. They did trade away an asset, so it's not like they're keeping the future completely in mind. But if you get a really good year at Justin Fields and you you become the wild card spot, which they're still in the race for, but if you can win that wild card or even come close to it, like if you can get Justin Fields playing meaningful games in December, I think that's a big boost for Chicago. And I really like the idea of putting talent around the quarterback. Like, yeah, they could try to draft a receiver in the second round next year, but then that, that receiver is a rookie, right? Like Claypool is already a developed talent. I think he'll help Justin Fields in that way. And you know what you're getting in Claypool. I know all GMs think they're they're great at evaluating, but Claypool is a known commodity. So I really liked it. And then from the Steelers perspective, I actually like it too. Now I understand you know, it sounds a bit hypocritical. Like, all right, well, you said don't put talent. You said put talent around Justin Fields. What about Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett has Deontay Johnson. He has George Pickens. He has Najee Harris. There's already talent there for him. And they could go out and add more. But also, the Steelers are not going to be a playoff team this year. The Bears have a possibility and a hope of a wild card spot. The Steelers are not there. So they add that second round pick. They can use that next year to potentially, you know, fix another position, help fix that offensive line. And I like that they're being realistic about where they are. So of all the trades that were made, this one was my favorite. I love that the Bears went out and put talent around Justin Fields. And I love that the Steelers are being realistic about where they are and knowing that really at this point, it's about next year. One trade I didn't like, it was my least favorite trade of really the whole deadline, Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins for a first round pick. Now I'll give the Dolphins credit. Going for it, I think, is always an admirable thing for a GM. GMs that win take big swings. And going for Bradley Chubb is a big swing. The Dolphins need help along the pass rush. The Dolphins are a team that I think, you know, if not expected to make the playoffs, are, are certainly going to be in the race until the very end. They have a lot of talent um, on the offensive side of the ball. And they have talent on the defensive side of the ball, too. So I get the idea of going for it. What I don't love is paying a first round pick for an injured edge rusher that you're going to be that you're going to have to give a deal to soon. I understand that Chubb is good, but Chubb has had injuries and now he's a free agent at the end of the year. The entire thing in the NFL is if you're gonna have to give somebody a contract, you should get a discount when you do that, especially someone with the injury history that Chubb has. And he's also been incredibly inconsistent. He's playing well this year, but he's been very up and down due to both missed time, but also there's been seasons where he's been healthy and he hasn't played that well. So a first round pick supposed to get you a premium known talent that you already, sometimes you have to pay, but that you already uh, you know, know what you're getting. 
I think Chubb is still a question mark. And if you're if you're the Dolphins, you've now lost all negotiating power with Chubb, right? Like you have to re-sign him. You cannot trade a first round pick for someone and then let them walk on the open market. So they gave up a premium asset and they're going to have to pay a premium contract for what I don't think is a premium rusher. Like when the Eagles traded a first round pick for AJ Brown and gave him a deal, he's a premium receiver. He's a top 10 wide receiver talent. And this year he's playing like a number three, uh, like a top three receiver. When the Rams traded a first round pick for uh, Jalen Ramsey, he might be the best cornerback in the entire league. Like I can't think of a time recently where a first round pick was traded for a player that is probably not top 20 at his position like he's a good pass rusher and he can have special stretches but he's inconsistent he's injured and even at his best like I don't know again top 20 top 15 maybe so I don't like the premium that they paid I think the player is only okay and I really don't like that they're gonna have to give him this big contract especially with his injury history and you add in, like I said, the Dolphins aren't winning that division. Like maybe, I think they'll probably be a playoff team, but they're not going to be hosting a home playoff game. More than likely, they're going to be on the road come playoff time. And because of that, they're probably not going to win a playoff game. So I don't view Chubb as a really great long-term building piece. I know he's not super old, obviously, but he also, because of his you know injury history, he, he doesn't have, it's like buying a used car. If, if, it's, if it's been through a lot of accidents, you're just not going to pay as much because realistically, it's not going to last as long. Chubb, I don't think, has the type of body where you're going to be having him for another seven years, you know, even five years. So I think it's an overpay. I think uh, the player is only okay. And while I admire going for it, I just frankly think this was a mistake by the Miami Dolphins. My third trade of the day that I want to talk about, and although the Claypool is my, my favorite trade, there is a part of my heart that makes this my favorite one too because I really, really love how clever it is. Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a fifth-round pick and then a 2024 fourth-round pick that could turn into a second-round pick. I love the creativity behind this trade. So the fourth-round pick in 2024, it stays as a four if Calvin Ridley's on the roster. It goes up to a three if, Rid- if Ridley reaches certain incentives. And it becomes a second-round pick if the Jaguars sign Ridley to a contract extension. So basically, they're going to end up giving a fifth and then up to a second for Ridley. Now, they only give that second up if he becomes a really, really good receiver for them. And this is why I like the deal. I think Ridley is a really good receiver. He was obviously suspended this year because of the whole gambling thing. Which, you know, let's be honest, really only means that he's going to have a fresh body when he comes back. Like, it's not like he's off with an injury. It's not like he was suspended for, you know, a serious off the field thing. He's basically just been chilling and working out for a year, preparing to come back. And if you're the Jaguars, you need to put more talent around Trevor Lawrence. I think the head coach, Doug Peterson, is a good head coach. I think the quarterback still has potential. You add Calvin Ridley to there, and I think the Jaguars, even look, they've they've certainly fallen off this year, but they started off pretty well. They're in a very winnable division. The history of, I mean, the the future for the Colts doesn't look that bright. It doesn't look that bright for the Titans. That that, that, uh, division is there for the taking for Jacksonville. And Calvin Ridley is really good. Like when he was getting ready before he was suspended, teams were willing to give up a second pick for him, a second round pick for him right now. So now you're not giving that pick up potentially if it even turns into a second until 2024 and you put really good talent around him. Calvin Ridley, before he was suspended, was one of the best young receivers in the league. I think he had like almost a thousand yards or a little over a thousand yards the final year he played. Has never had really great quarterback play because Matt Ryan's at the end of his career. Clearly we saw in Indianapolis that's the case. So Ridley is young. 
elite route runner, very, very high upside. And now the Jaguars get him to pair with Trevor Lawrence. I think it's an incredibly intelligent trade. Um, Doug Peterson, I covered him here in Philadelphia. He worked with Howie Roseman. This feels like a Howie Roseman trade to me. Finding a player that other people are probably not in on right now because of the situation and getting him on what could end up being, in my opinion, a discounted rate. So I really think it's a positive sign for the Jaguars of how they're being run. The fact that Doug and that you know front office would think to make this move. I think Jaguars should be excited about the trade. So I really like the Claypool trade. But there's something about the Calvin Ridley trade, like I said, that, that really takes a piece of my heart because I, I think it's a very clever, smart trade. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As I said at the top, if you could hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review with your favorite or best NFL opinion right now, I'd love to hear it, and I'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys on Thursday.